The Halloween Store Chapter 4 The red and blue lights flickered on the cobwebbed pane glass door. Larry and Alan opened the door to greet the officers. John, Andre, and the rest of the girls stood inside watching the two managers talk to the men in blue. They looked like two young kids trying to explain where their younger brother or sister went. Alan waved both arms and hands above his head in a Y. This always reminded John and a few others of Richard Nixon when he would put his arms up with two peace signs in both hands. Instead of peace, Alan's gesture always signaled frustration. The girls whispered to each other, wondering who was to blame. Alan came back into the store, waving his arms once more. Everybody, get back to work. Come on. He tossed out costumes to everyone. Come on, let's get moving. As it was getting closer to Halloween, they gave the reps a chance to promote the store by receiving a free costume to wear while working. It was good for the store because the customers would see how the costumes fit on a real person as opposed to in a picture. John wore a Ghostbuster costume. He had been an immense fan of the film ever since he was a kid. He knew just about every line from the comedy. He used this eccentricity to his advantage by always quoting various dialogue from the movie. He donned an, an inflatable proton pack, complete with the particle thrower. Campy Halloween music played on repeat for the rest of the night. Campy kids? Halloween music to Michael Jackson's Thriller. To the crew... Thriller was definitely the best of the bunch. John put on some of the caveman costumes together. Andre donned a Viking horned helmet and nudged John on the shoulder. Hey, took a, hey take a look at those, said Andre, pointing at Stacy donning a leopard spotted almost a bikini top. She also wore a matching headband around her dark black hair. Her brunette hair seemed to frame her huge round breasts. Their gaze fell upon her as she bent forward, vacuuming back and forth. Andre chuckled as John continued to watch. Andre hit him on the head with his squeaky rubber club and laughed. John shook his head and walked around the store. More and more people started to file in. John, Andre, Stacy, Starr, and Jen kept helping the wandering customers. John couldn't take his eyes off a beautiful, brown-haired girl. She stood next to her mom. She was dressed in the popular Cinderella costume. The long, curly brown hair fell down to her bare neck. He felt the urge to go and chat her up, but the mother was a major obstacle to him. Jennifer had to go back into the back of the store, wearing tons and piles of brown boxes, which contained lots of backup costumes for the front most of them, them were not priced yet. Alan told her to check in the piles of boxes for a vampire costume. After opening several boxes and not finding any costume that even came close, she started checking the boxes in the back. She tripped and fell over the mound of brown cubes in the middle. Soon she found herself swimming in them. She couldn't find her balance and footing. The boxes fell on top of her and became heavy almost to her as if they were pushing her down on purpose. 
Her body fell backwards towards the floor in a quicksand of large brown boxes. The only thing she could get out of the cardboard was her right hand. She seemed to descend to an absurd 30 seconds, for an absurd 30 seconds. This depth was way beyond the actual store floor. Time seemed to slow like Alice falling through the rabbit hole. As she slowed her hands and legs shot out to an inverted Y, below her was a very black wooden coffin. She panted as the door creaked open. There was nothing but darkness. Then a pale, finely clothed man opened his eyes, smiled, showing his long, two-inch fangs. Jen screamed in terror. Outside the mound of boxes, just a mere muffle could be heard if someone was near that area. I heard you were looking for my clothes, said the ghoulish red-eyed vampire. Her screams slowly died into a whimper as she stared into his hypnotic eyes. Her mouth stayed open as she slowly descended into the pale man's arms. His fangs plunged deep into her soft neck and the coffin lid fell over her. It knocked just once at the last bit of struggle. The boxers fell back on top. Meanwhile, Alan was still getting grief from an impatient customer. Andre, I need you to check up on Jennifer and see if she's found that Dracula costume yet. It's been about five minutes. He glanced at his watch. Yes, sir, Andre said, saluting and smiling at him. He strutted down to the back of the store and to the storage room. Alan raised his hands in the air and waved it, waved, waved them. Hurry up, got customers waiting. Andre turned his head slowly, smiled, walked backwards, turned and kept strutting at his usual pace. When he finally arrived, he opened the curtain to reveal the usual mountain of boxes, but to his surprise, they had been perfectly stacked on top of each other, so that they took up almost half the room. Only one box remained on the top layer, flabbergasted at the organization. Since he only measured at five foot three, he took the top box just above his shoulders and opened it using his box cutter. He saw the word Dracula and instantly snatched the first one without thinking to look at the rest of the package. He jogged forward just a few seconds and then went back to his usual slow strut. Man, you are so quick, said Alan. Lightning quick, I tell you. Andre only cracked half a smile and held out his uh, held out the bag to plastic costume. The angry woman rapidly grabbed it from his hand. She gave it a glance and quickly slammed it on the counter. Forget it, she snapped and promptly left. Alan picked up the costume, shook his head. You know, you might want to read the whole title, said Alan as he 
held and showed Andre the costume it read, Bride of Dracula. He threw the costume on the glass cashier table with plastic vampire teeth memorabilia under it. Now go put it back where you fought it and go get Jennifer, wherever she is. Right, boss, Andre replied. The second time the police showed, they thoroughly searched the store from back to front. No trace of blood was found in the back room. No trace of blood was found or piece of clothing. They searched throughout the room, throwing all the boxes aside, only to reveal a regular light blue carpeted floor. John and Megan watched Larry and Alan talk to the police again. With Larry cross-armed, shaking his head while Alan's hands predictably shot up into the air once more, Megan was dressed as a clown with a huge round waist as, a big, as big as a trampoline. The yellow striped pants were followed by huge red shoes. It's so weird that what's been happening. I, I know, it's like they're here one minute and then, then they're gone, John said while watching the police officers. Andre had been looking around trying to stay busy. He grabbed the rejected costume from the glass display desk. He looked down at the cover and gave a second look. He walked up to John and Megan and handed them the costume. Megan looked down at it and screamed instantly, dropping the plastic package to the ground. John picked it up instantly and turned pale. The title was The Bride of Dracula. Jennifer, pale and with two blood holes in the side of her neck, stood in a long black outfit. They thought either she had a twin as a model or somehow it was her.